and I believe the Bible school will continue to grow. It'll be interesting to see how far that actually goes. This morning, um, it's amazing Roger's still here. Praise the Lord. You're supposed to be gone. Amen. We're, I want to talk about the name of Jesus, and it has to do with authority, but the, and I don't remember, oh, mom and I actually, I got healed reading this book from something that I struggled with from years. I had a, a purple rash that ended up on my body that grew and spread, and I thought that all the healing books I was reading would have given me a revelation because sometimes what people lack is they have information on a subject, but they're not have a revelation. And Brother Hagin says your mind is the window to the soul. And so if a person is, they can read the Bible, but if that information is not turning into personal revelation, and if it's not getting, if you're not reading upon the word and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and if you're not extensively studying certain subjects, there's just certain things that you just don't quite understand, or, or like um, Brother Hagen was saying in this book, that if you don't even have a revelation of the redemptive work of what happened at the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and why that is so important, he said, you won't even understand the name of Jesus. And so, uh, like Pastor says, righteousness um, can, is a good foundation for healing, because now you have right standing with God, you have access to God. You can walk into the throne room of God, and righteousness can affect a person's healing. Also, the name of Jesus can affect a person's healing because of the legal use of the name, and I want to get into that, that Jesus, um, I'm going to go to John 16, 23. Jesus is going to make a statement in the New Testament to the disciples, and um, he's going to start by talking about his name, and I remember when dad was um, saying to the men at the prayer breakfast years ago, because everybody was so afraid to pray in the name of Jesus. And I always thought that was kind of strange that people would be afraid to pray in the name of Jesus. Well, the more I've studied the name, now I realize why people are so afraid to use that name. Because the name is a legal name. The name was Jesus got that name by inheritance, which it said he inherited, we'll go over that, a more excellent name. He was, it, the name of Jesus was given to him, and the name of Jesus was earned by conquest. So there's three reasons why that name is so powerful. And it's like the name uh, of a king or a lord because Jesus is lord. Now his name, it says that God has given him a more excellent name, or that it is the name above every name, and that with that name, everything shall bow in Philippians 2. And we'll get into that. And so that name is so powerful that uh, the resources, so Kenyon was talking with a man, and this is what drove Kenyon to study the name of Jesus. He said, uh, this attorney said, did Jesus give the church the power of attorney? And Kenyon said, I'm a layman, you're a lawyer, you tell me. He said, from me being a lawyer, reading the Bible, he says, if words mean anything, Jesus bestowed the power of attorney to the church when he said, go, therefore, in my name, in Mark 16. And we'll, we'll go over that, too. And so he said, um, what is the power of that name? He said it depends on the person who's backing it, how much power they have, how much resources, how much, uh, what's the influence that that person has. So that's when Kenyon said, I had to do an extensive study into the name to see what was behind the name of Jesus. Because it's kind of like Brother Hagin said, it's a rabbit's foot where, where you grow up hearing about, you know, a name or if an animal's attacking you, saying the name of Jesus, leave me alone. And, and sometimes people can use that in the name in the name. But Brother Hagin says, if you don't have a revelation of that name, if you don't know the resources behind the name, then you will not uh, act in faith to a level of faith because you don't know what's bestowed upon that name. So dad uses this illustration when a police officer, and I did this with, um, I actually shared this with the city because I had all the police and the fire chiefs there for the lunch, that, the shield lunch uh, a week ago. And um, I asked one of the officers that she was sitting there. I says, if you stand at a traffic light and a truck's coming through and you put your hand up and tell it to stop, why must that truck stop? And it was almost like she kind of looked at me for a second and then she said, it must stop in the name of the law. And I said, so she doesn't, like dad says, doesn't have the physical strength to stop that truck. But what's backing her? The United States government, the state of Florida, Orange County, or the city of Apopka? 
And so if you've ever been to court, I've been to court, and it said Justin versus the state of Florida. I thought, whoa, it was me versus this guy on, that pulled me over that I thought he was doing, you know, was pulling me over wrongly because of something that had happened. But it, and this man standed it as a representative of the state because he showed up on behalf of what happened. But it said Justin versus the state of Florida. And so that is what uh, the power of attorney is, is that Jesus had died and he had earned that name, was given that name, and he earned that name by conquest as well. And then he turned the power of attorney over to the church and he says in Mark 16, go therefore in my name. And so now you're, we are ambassadors of Christ. And so if Jesus is giving, let's just, um, what, what was the scripture I told you? John 16. Now I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead, so we'll, we'll, we'll go back. But Jesus is now giving the church the power of attorney to use his name. And we have to understand what is behind that name because then you'll have more confidence in what you're doing with that name when Jesus says, go in my name. So a lot of times we read that just kind of goes straight over our head. But in uh, John chapter 16, verse 23. In that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. I'm reading King James. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask that you shall receive that your joy may be full. So the first thing that I'm watching here is he's saying up until this point, he said you've not asked anything in my name. Up until this point, you don't pray this way. We've never prayed this way. The Old Testament did not pray this way. But Jesus is saying now we're gonna, I'm changing the way we're going to pray. He's saying up until here, now we're going to start praying. We're going to ask the Father using my name is a legal ground basis. And so he says, come to the Father, pray into the Father, but come in the name of Jesus. I love something Kenneth Copeland says. He says, I brush my teeth in the name of Jesus. I drive to work in the name of Jesus. I preach in the name of Jesus. Because that is a power of attorney of I am going in his name as his representative. The name is as strong as the man himself. What Kenyon said in his book is the name is as if Jesus himself was standing here using that name. So if you're saying in the name of Jesus, Satan, you must leave, it's as good as if Jesus himself was telling Satan to leave because the name represents the man himself. And so when you're coming in that person's name or if you sign on a power of attorney, I used to work at the car dealership, it was if somebody gave us a power of attorney, I could walk into the car dealership, buy a car in their name as if they were standing there themselves buying that car. And so that's what that name means. So he's saying, up until this point, you've not asked anything in my name. Now he's saying, I want you to ask. So Jesus wants us to ask him for things in his name. He wants us to say, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. And I'm asking for this in the name of Jesus. So it says, I want you to ask in my name. That, that, that what? Ye shall receive. So he's not saying you might receive. I hope you receive. Give it a try. He's saying, no, you will receive. But you got to ask. So what I love this is that people have said to me, well, I'm not asking for much. All I want is just, you know, my family to know the Lord. No, he's telling you the price that he paid for that name, for the resources of heaven to back that name, he's saying, I want you to ask in my name. I want you to ask means to make a demand in my name. So you don't need to have faith for something that is already yours. When you became a Christian, you received the name of Jesus. You don't need faith for the name. He, this was already given to you. Now, if you have a bank account with $1,000 in it, that belongs to you. That's your resources. You can make a demand at the bank on that name. Now, if you need $1,100, you're going to ask in faith because the money's not there. But what he's saying is that the resources of heaven are back in that name. Because I'm going to read in Philippians 2, the name is as powerful as heaven in the earth and under the earth. That name is above every name. And so God paid a high price to give him that legal name. So it's like you're walking into the bank saying, I'm placing a demand for what I need. So what do we need? What is our, uh, Kenyon says, what are the reasons for that name? Well, to ask for our petitions, to make demands for the things that we need to do the will of God, to use the name against demons and all of the wickedness of hell in the earth, to pull 
It's like he said, it's a signed check from heaven, from Jesus saying, here's a check. And with most people, they're gonna fill it in for you. But Jesus is saying, here's a blank check that I paid for. And the power of what's backing his name is all the resources of heaven. It's the name above every name. And so it's kind of like the wreath, what we talked about with the Greeks, when as long as it was green, I don't know the whole truth about it. I've heard two different sayings is that when a person won the Olympics, they could ask for anything in the city that they wanted, and it was given to them their whole life. But I've also heard at the same time, dad told me when it was, as long as it was green, they could ask. But that honor was upon them their entire life. And, and what was, uh, and their name was great for the rest of their life. And so Jesus' name now has so much of the, of even the more resources of the types and shadows we see on earth. And he's saying, place a demand on my name from now on out, from here on out. Ask this in my name. And he says, and you will receive. And so that he says next, what? That your joy would be full. Jesus wants us to ask that we will receive, that we would actually enjoy life. Our joy would be full. So I believe that that he's saying you can ask whatever you want in my name. It will happen that your joy will be full. So God wants you to be happy. It's not a a burden to serve the Lord. But I love this that it's like, um, you know, like he says in the word, he says that if your natural fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father to those who ask him. He also says that, and I think it's in the book of John, he says, if I've given you Jesus, which was the best gift, it was God himself climbing in a body, becoming a man, laying his own life down. He said, why wouldn't I freely give you all other things? Because everything is a lesser gift than his best gift. So if you give your best gift to somebody, why do you really care about all the small stuff that's in your house? If you've given them whatever it is that was your most prized possession. So that's what the Lord is saying here. So in that name or in that day, he says, now you're going to pray unto the Father. Um, The Father himself loveth you because he loved me and believed that I came out of God. So um, let me see if there's anything else in this. Ask in my name, joy, before I've spoken these things to the Proverbs that cometh. Okay, so the next scripture we're going to go to. So God wants us to ask. Uh, Paul used the name, Peter used the name. And one thing I love about prayer is that you have to pray because even um, Daniel prayed, Solomon prayed, and even Jesus prayed. And so you're going to pray and make demands on behalf of heaven. So let's go to, um, I'm going to read this in New, I'm going to read John 16 in New Living Translations. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly. He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. That's the New Living Translation. So the first thing that happened to Jesus, we're gonna go to Philippians 2, 9 through 11, which the name of Jesus was given to him by bestowal is what uh, Brother Hagin says in this book. So I'm gonna read this little part to it. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Bestowal just means that he was, it was given or conferred upon him, like, um, like in a, when somebody wins like an award or gets a medal of honor, they bestow it on that person, they, they put it on him. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. So it was given to him that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, beings in heaven, things things, beings in the earth, and things, beings under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One thing I, I'm reading in this verse is, that number one, God has given him this name. Number two, he says that every knee will bow in heaven, in the earth, and under the earth. So that name is just as powerful as if you were walking in heaven today. So you can walk into heaven and use the name as a legal grounds. Walk into the throne room and says, this is what I'm demanding in the name of Jesus. That name is so respected in heaven. But it's also respected in, in the earth, honored into the earth. And, what does it say? Under the earth, the name is just as powerful. So 
into the region of the dam, that name is still, Satan is scared of that name by what happened. That every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And he's saying that it, it gives God glory. There's another scripture that talks about asking him in the name because it glorifies the Father. Actually, God wants you to use the name because it brings him glory. And so he's telling us to use the name. I'll see if I can find that scripture. And so one thing uh, which was interesting that Brother Hagin said, I'm going to read this. God has made this investment for the benefit of the church. He has made this deposit on which the church has a right to draw for her every need. He has given him the name which is within it has the fullness of the Godhead, the wealth of eternities, and the love of the heart of the Father God. The name was given to us. We have the right to use the name against our enemies. We have the right to use the name in our petitions. We have the right to use the name in our praises and worship. The name has been given to us. I love that, that the name has the fullness of the Godhead and the wealth of eternities in that name. So one thing Brother Hagin was saying, he got a revelation that the name in the three worlds was just as powerful. He had fasted for his brother Dub for 15 years and prayed for his brother's salvation. One day when he was reading that the name was just as powerful in all three worlds and that he could use that name, the Lord gave him a vision of using that name on his brother Dub over the unseen power that was holding his brother. And so which is we get into Mark 16. So he rose up and he said, I got a revelation of the name, and he said, in the name of Jesus, I command the unseen power that's holding my brother to be broken in Jesus' name. You must obey that name. He said within 10 days, his brother had gotten born again. Kenyon said, many people want to know the Lord. They want to be saved. Kenyon said he would talk to men, and they would say, I want to be born again. I just can't. Something's holding me back. He said, it's an unseen power of the air that's holding men back, that's causing men to be in and out of church. They get bound in addictions, and they don't understand why. And so Brother Hagin even told stories of, he said there was times where uh, he would start drinking sweet tea, and then he just couldn't stop. He had to have it. He was drinking it all day long. And then he said, no, in the name of Jesus, I break that power over me. I will not be held to this bound by this to where I have to have this all throughout the day, every day. And he says from that day forward, he could drink sweet tea, but he wasn't addicted to it. So um, he said that many times people couldn't get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he just would simply say very quietly, he said, I, no, I break, I break that doubt in Jesus' name. And then instantly they'd be filled and start praying in the Holy Ghost. And uh, people bound by nicotine or cigarettes or alcohol, he would say, I'd simply put my hand on them and say, this unseen power, I break it in the name of Jesus. He said, instantly that person would be delivered. I believe that there's more going on in the spirit realm that's binding men and holding them than what we're realizing. So Buddy Harrison, uh, who owns Harrison House Publishing, which I, I don't, I'm not sure if they published this book, but most of the Christian books you read today came from Harrison House Publishing. And so Buddy Harrison was kind of a, they called him a schizophrenic when he was younger. And I believe he married Patsy, which was Kenneth Hagin's sister. They said about him, Buddy could never hold a job down. He was just in one job, out of a job, just going back and forth. He quit, started a new job. And then he said, then all of a sudden he would take up smoking cigars at like a very, very young age, like 17, 18 years old. And he said he'd smoke a cigar and blow the smoke in Brother Hagin's face. Brother Hagin said, I never said anything to him. I didn't like reprimand him or say, you ought to not treat me like that boy, you know. And so he just, Brother Hagin said, he went to the Lord about it. The Lord showed him that Buddy had three demon spirits that he was walking around with. And at different times, he would yield to one or the other based off of what that spirit was saying to him. So they said they thought Buddy was schizophrenic. And the Lord said, use the name and break the power of him. And I believe that Buddy, there was, a, there was a legal, between Brother Hagen and Buddy, they knew each other, they were friends. I don't know if Buddy was married at that point yet. So Brother Hagen just said, in the name of Jesus, you three demon spirits, loose him. He said with, he, then he wrote a, a note in his Bible. He put it in there, closed it, and within a week or so, Buddy Harrison had a job for or a few days, and he came back to Brother Hagen, and he said, on this day, is when I went and got a job. And then from that point, I think he had that job until he started Harrison House Publishing. And then obviously Harrison House Publishing has changed the entire world. But Brother Hagen said there was three spirits. 
who were constantly oppressing him. Now, uh, a demon cannot get into a new believer because his spirit has been taken by Jesus. But if a person is not uh, renewed their mind, they can yield to the thoughts and the suggestions, which is called spiritual oppression. And you can and have a, a spirit that's tracking them, like Mary Frances says, or following them around, or that they've allowed because they're listening to it. That's why he said, if you submit to God, resist the devil, then he'll flee from you. So it doesn't, Brother Hagin says, you can't stop every bird from flying over your head, every thought from coming to you, every suggestion or spirit coming to you saying something. But he said, you can sure stop it from making a nest and staying and, and hanging out. And so that's when he says in the name, he said, he felt like there was a, for the longest time, uh, he thought that that par- paralysis was going to get back on him from when he had seven incurable uh, heart blood diseases in him. And uh, Satan would follow Brother Hagin around and say, you know, you know you're going to get, you know you're not going to keep this healing. You're going to stay this way. You're going to go back to being paralyzed. Don't you feel the symptoms? Don't you feel your body? And Brother Hagin said he felt like it was a little black dog just following him around everywhere he went and, and like a black cloud. And he said he one day and he said, in the name of Jesus, he said, get, get away from me. He said, if Jesus got it for me, I'm not trying to get nothing. He said, I'm healed because of what Jesus did. You're not putting that mess back on me. Get out of here. He said from that day, he said he saw like a little black dog take off and he never came back. He never had another doubt of depression that he was going to get, that he wasn't going to keep his healing. There's more going on in the realm of the unseen that we know with people. I'm praying more over people now. They're like, well, I couldn't make it to church Sunday. This came up. That came up. Well, sure, Satan's going to throw everything he can. Brother Hagin said he's going to try to drag young believers out of church. And he's going to use everything from family members to circumstances to pull them away from the presence of God. He said, you must use the legal name of Jesus, Satan. Stop your maneuvers against this person. Loose him in Jesus' name. So I do a great deal of talking to people uh, that come, but sometimes I'm very baffled. I'm thinking, what in the world is going on with these people? I mean, I've been talking to them. I've shared with them why they need to be in church, what's going on in their life. And it's like they just, yeah, I'm going to be there Sunday. You'll see me there, you know, come heaven or hot water. One kid told me, uh, today, he said, he said he was going to be here first service. He said, if I'm not there, I'm either there or I'm dead. You know, he's not here. So he must be dead. <laughs> but it's, I'm not taking people's word anymore because what's happening is there's an unseen power that's holding them, that's, that's influencing their life, whether they're family. So I just simply say, no, in the name of Jesus, Satan, get off this person until they grow up and learn to resist the devil themselves. I mean, there's only so much that uh, we can do to the point where eventually they're going to have to get a revelation of that. They keep coming in, and if their heart's not right, the soil's not right, if they never get a revelation of that, they're just going to stay bound by that. And and we can take authority over it, but at some point they're going to have to get that for themselves. Or they're never going to grow out of what, what Satan keeps doing to their life. So he said many young people... They never, or people and young babies never get past a certain point in Christianity. It seems like they're always in an in-between where they're going back and forth because there's, they're just being rattled by hell, not knowing that they can use the name of Jesus to get Satan off of them to stop messing with their finances, with their mind, with their family. And so I wake up every day just in the name of Jesus is going to be a good day. On behalf of heaven, miracles today in Jesus' name, this is what I'm declaring. Let's go to Mark 16. So when I read, when I found that out, one thing Brother Hagin says is you cannot get this in your head. You must get this in your spiritual eyes. The name works in earth, works in heaven, and it works under the earth. The name is the fullness of the Godhead and the wealth of the eternities. I love that. So let's go to Mark 16. One thing is that Satan does not have the name. So what he must use manipulation. He must, um, he must get in and influence people by other, other means. So he's not as powerful as people make him out to be. Let's see, where is Mark, Matthew, Mark? I'm trying to give everyone Mark 16. These new Bibles, the little pages stick together. 
Mark 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth and is not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them who believe in my name, or the comma says, who believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So the next thing he's saying is then the use of the name. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that not believeth is damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Signs and wonders, as I was reading in these books, Brother Hagin says, expect signs and wonders to follow you around because of the name. That they come as a package with the name of Jesus. You should be seeing signs and wonders because of those who believe in my name. This is signs and wonders is a byproduct of the name. So once you get a revelation of the name, you can expect to see signs and wonders because he says it's it's not a it's not a separate deal. It's a part of the package. So when you go in when you go in his name, when you've been go in my name, now you've been commissioned by Jesus that you actually have the power. He's saying go into all the world. So Jesus says uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me uh, in another scripture. Then he, and I think we'll read that in Matthew 18. But in this one, he's saying, I want you to go into all the world. So he's giving you permission to go into the world. You don't need permission. Now, you want to follow the Holy Spirit. But if Jesus is saying, go into Apopka in my name and cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, Jesus has given you the legal grounds to walk into a city, and this belongs to Jesus. You don't need the permission of a government. Or if somebody says, no, you can't do this. In the name of Jesus, I will do this. Why? Because you have all of heaven backing you. If a police officer walks in the city, they have the government behind them. And so we have the government of God and Jesus behind us. So if he's saying, I want you to go to Apopka, we're going to Apopka as ambassadors, as a representative, as if Jesus himself was coming here. So that's what he was saying is that when you use the name, it's as if Jesus himself, so Jesus himself is now in Apopka. We are going on behalf of his name. And so now there's nothing that's going to stop us. We've been given permission. We don't need permission from anybody else. So the first thing he says is, I'm giving you permission to preach the gospel. So now Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to do, and my name is the name above every name. Go do this. So, they, so you're, well, it's hard to preach the gospel to these young people, or we can't do it in this city because we're getting all this kickback. Well, you're getting kickback because you're, you're not wrestling flesh and blood, Ephesians 6. You're wrestling against spiritual principalities, rulers of the darkness. So I want to tell you a story that happened this weekend. Teresa knows. Um, I woke up the other day, and I saw Lake County. There was a woman, or I, I don't know, she's trying to put a, a gay pride parade together for Lake County yesterday. And she's been planning it for four years. This is how long it's taken her. And she's a paralegal. With the state of Florida laws, she's trying to get around all of Governor DeSantis's laws that are banning drag queens from uh, exposing themselves sexually to children because she can go to prison, and she knows that. And we were going to use that if they did do it to take photos and send it to Governor Ron, which David Newark has actually just has access to him now and has been meeting with him. And so, but I woke up and saw them trying to post it in a popka. And um, as my spirit just, something jumped all over me where I started saying, in the name of Jesus, you won't come into the city. I live in Lake County. Everywhere where the sole of my foot shall tread, the Lord hath given it unto me. I've been commissioned to come to Lake County. I live there. Nikki lives there. Uh, Mom and dad live in Lake County. And we declare in Matthew 18, we're gonna, we'll go there, that this is improper. We will not have this in Jesus' name. So I, we came to church. We got with Teresa and Nikki. We joined hands. We prayed. We bound it. And, we, and I just kind of kept praying that whenever, whenever I would think about it, I would just pray whatever the Lord just throughout the day. But there came a point at night where I felt a release. And so Pastor Jeannie and I were talking about, you know, do you want to just at least go out there and pray? And I said, you know, I'm not really feeling the Lord just say that to me. I'm not really feeling to go out there. I just, I have a peace right now. I feel like we prayed and I did what the Lord asked me to do, and we're using the name of Jesus to bind Satan and his attacks. I know this is spiritual. So yesterday, the storm got really bad in the morning. I mean, I prayed for weather. I mean, it's like Moses. You know, at some point, I feel like that with Moses and Pharaoh, 
Moses was telling Pharaoh, this is what's going to happen. And he was prophesying kind of the plagues. And it's not that, I, that you want bad things on the people. But I was saying in the name of Jesus, Lord, if you have to use weather, use it in Jesus' name against this. And so kind of like Moses did with Pharaoh. And um, to let his people go to get them, they needed a physical answer to get them to stop. So yesterday, the lady posted urgent post the uh, drag queen gay pride parade has been canceled. And so I was rejoicing and sending it. And so I was going back because even though the rain had ceased, the lightning stayed over Tavares. And because of the lightning, they wouldn't let them operate in Wooten Park. Now, she's trying to, she says, I read a whole interview that Jeannie sent me. She wants to go after the youth and young adults, which is actually against the law, according to Ron DeSantis. But even though the event says it's 18 and up, She's, her goal is to go after the, the kids because it even says there on her thing, read, ban books and all this garbage. So, and she's getting out of the city in Jesus' name. And um, so I read another post that everybody was attacking her because of she spent four years and all the vendors, everybody is just raging mad because she didn't pull this event off. And she wrote in there, they said, did you post this on the other? And she goes, I've been literally going through hell today. And I said, that is right in Jesus' name, God, give them hell. And, you know, you're, I mean, she's there a part. And I pray for her soul that she would get born again. That's the person you want to go after. But it's really a really big win because if you spend four years planning something, and like the Lord says in Isaiah, I'll place a watchman over the tower to watch over the city of Jerusalem. And I believe I saw that post that, because I don't always see the Apopka rant and raves little things, but that morning I woke up and boom, she had just posted and I saw it. And I believe that the Lord has placed us as watchmen over our cities, over our counties. And so a watchman is to, uh, to notify the city. He says that if the watchman tells the people, he says, then the people have time to prepare and to change things. But if the watchman says nothing, he says, the blood that comes on the people, I'll require it at the watchman's hand. And so there's a lot of scriptures on that. So as prayers, we need to be watching and praying over things. And I believe that Bill Johnson uh, had a thing in California where they, the witch doctors were coming in, putting on these big festivals, trying to attract young people. And Bill Johnson showed up and just walked around the tent. He didn't protest them and yell and scream at them. He just said, in the name of Jesus, and he prayed in the spirit. And he says, with, with what, in a day or so, that, that lady left and she never, came, you know, she never came back to that city ever again. Yes, and we've been commissioned by Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so the, we've been giving, like Dad says, the keys to the city. This stuff is not allowed to operate. What she doesn't know is, is she's battling an unseen force because we're praying. And she's going through hell. She doesn't know why she's going through hell because this battle is taking place in the spirit. And we've declared this improper. Let's go to Matthew 18. And I, and I just love that as a, um, the, the devil has to honor and respect the name. I mean, Jesus had went into hell and defeated him, took the keys. So Satan doesn't have the authority. All he can do is um, what we're about to read is in Matthew 18 is that if we allow it, then, then he can move. Let's see, where is this? No, I have it in here, Matthew 18, 18. Uh, we'll go to verse 20. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Uh, uh, so one, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare improper and unlawful on the earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth, what must be already permitted in heaven? And so Jesus is saying, look at the Bible as a legal book. If I've declared this as un unlawful and improper, Romans chapter 1, he says that kind of lifestyle is even deserving of death. Now you're going to get into Romans 2, 3 where he's talking about that the whole book of Romans is about righteousness, the grace of God versus the law. 
But he's saying in Romans 1, he says, the people who practice this, these such things is an abomination and they are deserving of death. But then he's going to get into the grace of God. He wants, he's giving people time to repent. But Jesus has already said, I don't agree with this. And so what we're saying is, we agree with Jesus. We declare this unlawful, improper. It's when Satan brings things against your own mind and your own life with your own finances. You know prosperity belongs. No, I declare this unlawful. You do not have a hold on me. Get off of me in Jesus' name. Satan, stop your maneuvers in Jesus' name. So Jesus has given you the legal power to use that name. Whatever you declare, it must be already what's permitted in heaven. Now, if you go down to 19, he says, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth, as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done of the Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered together in what? My name, I am there in the midst of them. And I love the story that Brother Hagin says that Jesus told him, anytime that two or three of you are gathered in my name, he said, I'm standing right there in the midst of them. Like is a representative, like what we're saying, prayer is a representative of him using the legal name. But Jesus is there to confirm his own name as himself. And so anytime two or three are gathered, it says Jesus is right there in the midst of us. Guarantee. So let's go to Ephesians 1. Staying on the, the legal, why is that name so important? So it was given to him. Um, he had given him a more excellent name. Let's do... Um, So Ephesians 1, 17 through 23. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. You may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? That's the wealth of the eternities. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he brought. When he raised Christ from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is what? Named. Not only in this world, but the one that's also to come. He put all things under his feet and gave to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And if you read Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says what? And you. So now he's saying that I've seated you with Jesus in heavenly places, above every name that is named, not only in this world, but one which is to come. And so uh, I'm going to read this in the Moffat translations. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of himself, illuminating the eyes of your heart so you can understand. So that's what Brother Hagin says. Your eyes need to be illuminated to where you're getting a revelation of this, and it's your heart that gets the revelation, not your head. And so you need to pray these prayers like Mark Hankins was saying, that I pray this, Lord, illuminate the eyes of my heart. Give me a revelation of the name of Jesus. Show me what all has been given to Jesus through his name, that the eyes of my heart would get this and understand this, the hope which he called me, the wealth of his glorious heritage in the saints and the surpassing greatness of his power to us believers, the power which operates with strength and might, which he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's the bestowal. That's where he's given this position to Jesus. Above all the angelic rulers, above all authorities, above all powers, and above all lords, he is the name above every named, that is to be named not only in this age, but the one that's also to come. He's put everything under his feet and set him head over everything to the church. For the church, which is his body, which is filled by him who fills the universe entirely. And then he says in Ephesians 2.1, and you. And so what I love this is that then the, the authority, it says in verse 22, is for the church that he placed him there for the behalf of his body, which is the church. And he's above what? All angelic rulers, authorities, powers, every Lord, and every named, not only in this age, but in all the names which is to come. And so that's a powerful position is that you see yourself seated in Christ. You see yourself in a seat that, um, uh, I'm trying to think of who said this. Dr. Cho said when he prays, 
using the name of Jesus, he, go, he imagined himself going into the throne room in his seat of authority, sitting next to Jesus, going, uh, making a request on behalf of the name of Jesus, using the name as a legal standpoint of heaven where he's seated above what? All power, all rule, all authority. That God who fills the universe entirely. As you're making a degree saying, I'm declaring this. And he says, all power. And so um, what the, the power of the name of Jesus, we could, there's probably the, the study of what is behind that it could go for eternity is what Brother Hagin says. It would, it would do us what good to study the name and how much wealth and power is behind that name. And, and that's what you're using when you're saying, in the name of Jesus, you are taking a legal position in heaven, making a declare and a declare like a lawyer before a judge, saying this is what will happen. And God's waiting for you. He said, I want you to do what? Ask in my name that you what? Will receive that you, your joy may be full. And he also says that it will glorify the Father. Let's look at another way. We're getting close. I have to stop at 950. How else did he get this name? Hebrews 1.16. I, when I started studying this, I feel like I, I've just gotten a better, uh, I'm more confident now when I'm using the name of Jesus. Because I know, I know what's backing it. Let's see, it's Hebrews 1.16. This, this Bible's sticking together, so I'm going to use, let me use my little phone. Oh, I have it written here. Being made so much better than the angels, he hath inherited a more excellent name. So Jesus has got this by inheritance. Let me see if I can read the scripture. God who at sundry times and diverse manners spoke in times past to the Father by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he hath appointed heir of all things, and by whom he also made the world's who being the brightness of his glory, expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Isn't that amazing that everything is holding together by his word? So imagine what world, your, wor- your world is being upheld by your word, and what you have, what you declare in proper, what do you allow in your life? Um, I love something Dr. Cho said. He said, I wake up and say miracles happen to me every day. Signs and wonders follow me because I believe in his name. Uh, blessings of the Lord are coming upon me. The Lord is my shepherd. He said, the Holy Spirit hovered over the chaos. And then he says, when God spoke, the Holy Spirit jumped on the chaos and changed it. And he says, the Holy Spirit, he said, you hover over your chaos in your life and you speak and change that chaos. Wake up in the morning and speak to your day. Speak to the chaos in your life. Tell it to stop. So he's upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty upon high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance, he obtained a more excellent name than they. For by which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee? And again, I will be a father and he shall be my son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, let all the angels of God worship him. So not only did he get the name um, was given to him, he said that he inherited a more excellent name. And so some people are born uh, with uh, inheritance of like you, you get under a family and like a king, and that young person did nothing to receive that name but to inherit it. And that was what was given to us as well. To be given a name was like if, uh, like the Olympics where they gave them that name of honor. And the last one will be he earned the name by conquest. But um, you will not be able to understand the authority in the name of Jesus until you understand that Jesus tasted spiritual death, satisfied the claims of justice on behalf of each of us when he died as a substitute. Inheritance was from his redemptive work. Him, Jesus, climbing in a body, God in heaven saying, that is enough, raised him out of hell, raised his body from the grave, and said, thou art my son today, I have begotten you. What day was he begotten? The day that he was raised up. 
And so Acts 13, 33, God has fulfilled for us their children and that he raised up Jesus. Also it is written in Psalms, you are my son, today I've begotten you. And he raised him from the dead. No more to return to corruption. He has spoken to us. I will give you the mercies of David. That's Acts 13, 33. So Paul and Peter, uh, so that was Acts 13, 33. Um, But he's saying here that, if you don't understand the redemptive work when God, when Jesus died, went into hell, and God said, not that Jesus, because the conquest is what Jesus did to take the keys from Satan, but he's saying alone what Jesus did where God said, that's enough to satisfy the claims for every person and raised him up. Then he says that's how he inherited that name. So not only was it given to him, but he got that name by inheritance. So this is, it's like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, where Jesus has gotten the name three ways, which to me it blows my mind that there's even three ways that you can get a name. I, I always think that there's just one. But God's saying, no, there's three ways Jesus obtained this name. And so is three the number of completion? Does anybody know what three represents? Three is the number of completion. So he says if you don't understand the redemptive work that Jesus died on behalf as a substitute for us, you won't understand the name of Jesus and the power behind what he went through to obtain that name. So the last one is, we got three minutes. He earned it by conquest, Colossians So by his conquest, principalities, powers, might, and dominion, Jesus obtained this name, Colossians 2.15. He having spoiled principalities and power, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the cross. Uh, Philip's translation says, Jesus exposed them, shattered them, empty and defeated in his own triumphant victory. Uh, The Rotherham translation says, Jesus paralyzed them, Hebrews 2.14. So Jesus has gotten this name by conquest, Um, Hebrews 2.14. Since the children are the sharers of flesh and blood, which is us, he also himself in like manner partook of the same through death. He might bring to naught him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. So Brother Hagin says to bring to naught means that he's reduced him to nothing. He reduced demons to nothing. And then in Mark 16, he says, in my name, you shall cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. Signs and wonders will follow you. You drink any deadly thing, you shall not be hurt in my name. And so now the name is representative as Satan knows the power of the name. Because in hell, Satan was reduced to nothing. He was defeated completely. And so one uh, scripture I posted this online the other day that he says that even though we know Jesus has defeated Satan down to nothing, um, let me see if I can remember the scripture. I have to look it up because I posted it. It says that for the powers of the air right now, and of course the internet doesn't want to work, but the scripture, I think it was, it was in Second um, Corinthians, it says that the spirit of this age is declining to their end. And which means that Satan is not getting stronger. He is losing the power because his time is becoming up. And so um, people, you know, like Brother Hagin said, let me read this. 1 Corinthians 2.6, not a wisdom belonging to this passing age, nor that any of its governing powers which are declining to their end. 1 Corinthians 2.6, and it's the New English Bible translation, which is not around anymore, but you can still buy a book of that. I'm going to try to find it. But we know that Satan's time is getting short, and he's trying to make his last stand, but we know that his power is getting less and less and less as time is going on, and that Jesus had defeated him by conquest. And so 
by giving him the name, inheriting the name, and by the conquest of his name, we have a legal right to use that name seated in heavenly places in Ephesians 1. And so we'll, next week we'll, we'll, we'll dive even further into the use of the name of Jesus. But I wanted to get, go over, um, we'll, go into, we'll get into the power of the name of Jesus, but I wanted to get into how did Jesus get that name. Because once you understand that and that he had given that to the church and like Kenyon said, the wealth of eternities is in that name and the name is just as powerful as heaven and the earth and under the earth, that he said you can go into hell and use that name. You can go into heaven and use that name and you can go into the earth and use that name. And so the more of the revelation that we get of that name, the more confident you are. If you walk into somewhere and you know you have, you know what you're talking about, about a business or a case or the law, you can speak confidently, no, this is what the law says. But if you don't know, like the seven sons of Sceva, what happened? He said, I cast you out in the name of that which Paul preaches. And the demons laughed at them and overtook them, stripped them naked of their clothes. Why? They're number one, they're not born again. They don't have a legal right to use the name. Number two, they don't even have a revelation. They're watching Paul use the name. And then we're going to get into what Peter said. He said Peter knew what he had. He said, I'm, I don't have silver and gold, but I know what I am carrying. And he said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he said, he grabbed the man and immediately he received power. But we're also getting to this. He said, it wasn't by my own holiness. He said, it was by that which of the name. So you're not coming into the throne room saying, Lord, I've been so good. I've been holy. I've been tithing. He doesn't care. He said, it was by the name and the name only. Not by my own power and my own holiness. Now, holiness is good. You want to walk in holiness. But he's saying, don't walk into the throne room with how much of good you've done. He said, walk in using what? The legal name. So God bless you guys. Hey, remember, Pastor Lisa said, do not forget to give. You guys, some of you are the first service. We appreciate your giving. Thank you for first uh, session on the name of Jesus, the legal use of that name. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.